Hey everyone, welcome back for another episode of Gospel Nate, the show where we look into the Word of God to see how He wants us to live our lives. So, this episode is entitled, there we go, Our New Life. Only had to die twice to get it. Now, last time on Gospel Nate, we saw that we had a death. And we saw its relationship to Jesus in his death and how that all came together. And we saw how that new life brought us into being from what we were in our spiritual death to what we are in our spiritual life. And now we have to ask the question of now what? Well, I'm glad you asked. So in the last episode, we saw that we're going along, you know, this little stick figure. We're black because we're dead. And we go through life, and all of a sudden, we encounter the cross. And it's at that moment when we have to make a, make a decision. And if we choose to confess our sins, that's the Greek word homologeo, and say the same thing about them that Jesus has been saying about them, then we eventually come to a place where we will not just see a cross, but we will join Jesus on the cross in his crucifixion. And at that point in time, something interesting happened is that your sin and your spirit are suddenly separated from each other. The sin is left in Sheol where it's where it's supposed to be dead. And your spirit joins Jesus in the heavenlies. Now that's the really cool thing because you're here in your physical body and you're in heaven with Jesus at the same time. So you have that whole prayer that Jesus was talking about where he says, Father, keep them and them and me and you, me and you and you and me and you and them and so and so forth. So we're all just very intimately connected to each other, bringing life. And we looked at Romans 6, verse 8 through 11. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, we've come full circle. First you were alive to God, then you died, then you died to sin, and then you were alive to God. If we look back at Romans 6, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. Now, that phrase, done away with, is the Greek word katargeo, to render idle, unemployed, inactive, inoperative. It's the same thing as if you have a car that just won't start. A dead body doesn't function. So sin being done away with, you no longer need to serve sin. And if we look at verse 8, now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall live with him. Now the word died there is the Greek word apothnisko, to die off, to be killed by something. This was the crucifixion. This is how we died. And then the next word is live, which is the Greek word Suzeo, to continue to live in common with. And this is really important for today's episode because our choice plays a big part in this. Now, if we go on through Romans 6, uh, 10 through 11, 
For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead to sin indeed, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, if we look back here at the word reckon, we see that it is the Greek word logizomai, to take an inventory, that is, estimate. It's the active middle voice, which means that you do it to yourself, and you do it continually without ceasing. Continually remember your death and take stock or inventory of the fact that you are dead, and the fact that sin is also dead. And you have to ask the question, why do it continually? Well, quite simply put, we are forgetful. Temptation comes, we forget we're dead to sin, we submit to our flesh, and all through Romans, we see that sin is in the body. But the spirit is free. And that's so, that is so important because you have to understand if you're totally free in your spirit, that means that your submission to flesh is what causes you to sin. It is from your flesh that these desires for selfishness, these desires for all the bad stuff comes from the flesh. So if we move on through Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 through 9, but, you, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Now, that was the ladder of maturity, and Lee Eddy does an excellent teaching on that, and I'll include a link down in the description. But the important thing we're going to pay attention to here is in 2 Peter verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 9, For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Know that you have died to your sin, or you will forget about it and return to your sin. And this is important for a lot of different areas in life, basically anything that pertains to sin, right? So you have, let's say, the addiction of porn. You return to the porn because you forget that you've been cleansed from the porn. Let's say an addiction to cigarettes. You return to cigarettes because you forget that you have been cleansed from cigarettes. Nobody needs to be addicted to anything because you have the ability and the power in Christ to be set free from it. Nobody needs to return to being angry because you have been set free from that. You are no longer an angry person. You are now a free person in Christ. Ask him to show you your death to anger. Because if you know that you died to anger, how can you continue to walk in anger? Moving on to Romans 6 verse 12. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lusts. Now, the Greek word let is actually the Greek word basiluo. It means to reign or rule, which is interesting because the next word is the Greek word reign, which is basileos, which is leader of the people or sovereign. So they're very similar words. They come from the same Greek root. Now, one of the reasons why this is so interesting is because 
the base for basileus is basis, stepping or walking done with the foot. It's something that's leading you down into a path. So the idea here is don't give into the reign or rule of sin to allow it to reign and rule in your mortal body. And then it goes on that you should obey it. And the Greek word for that is hupako to hear under or listen attentively, which means you have given it credence, you have given it authority already. And then it says in its lusts, whose lusts? Well, a Greek word for that is epithumia. It is over passion and autos, which means its or itself. So it's not your lusts and your passions. It's your flesh's lusts and your flesh's passions. And it's sins, because where does sin live? In the body. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lusts. You don't have to allow this stuff to happen. It's always a choice. And Romans 6.12 proves it. And I say this all the time, and nobody ever gets it. Sin is alive, and so is the flesh. In your flesh is where the sin lives. Exercise your senses because you have to know when your flesh is act acting out and this is where the choice will happen for good or for bad. But you have to submit to something and you're either going to submit to the flesh or you're going to submit to Jesus. And depending on which one you submit to is going to determine the outcome of everything going forward. Now, if we jump down into Romans 6 verse 13, and do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as righteous instruments of righteousness to God. Now, here's where it gets really interesting. You see that word members there? Well, that is the Greek word melos. It's a part of the body, like a finger, your arm, your privates, fill in the blank. The next word we're gonna look at is instruments. Everywhere in the Bible, this word, hoplon, is translated as weapons or armor, and typically it's translated as weapons. This is the only place in the Bible where it's translated as instruments. So do not present your finger, arm, privates, mind, eyes, mouth as weapons of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourself to God as being alive from the dead and your weapons, or, or I'm sorry, your members, your arms, your fingers, your mouth, your privates, your eyes, as instruments or weapons to righteousness, of righteousness to God. And see, the reference to warfare is not a coincidence because we are constantly at war with sin and the desire thereof. And if you jump down into Romans 6, 14, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. But I tell you something, sin is going to fight to keep you there, and your flesh is going to fight for what it wants, no matter what. And that word dominion, right there, is the Greek word, kurieu, ruling over someone or a region. Now, the law showed that there was a sin issue, Grace means that there was forgiveness for said issue, but doesn't mean that you are f you 
have total absolute freedom from sin in your body. Hence the reason why we have Romans 6.11, Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead to sin indeed, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Because in your spirit you have that freedom. In spirit there is no sin. In spirit you are totally healed. In your flesh and in your soul, the process continues. Because your flesh wants what your flesh wants. Now if we go all the way back up to Romans 6.4, Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. You are not under the law, but you are commanded to walk as Jesus did, that is, in newness of life, living your life to the Father, not living your life to yourself, your selfish ambitions, your selfish desires, and whatever plan you have set forth for your life apart from what Jesus wants for you. And trust me, what he wants for you is far better than what you want for you. Now this was all resurrection identity. Romans 6.12, don't submit to sin. Romans 6.14, don't let sin rule over you. Romans 6.6, you died to sin. Romans 6.4, you were raised to new life in Christ. Now, walk it out. Romans 8, 1 through 4. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us, has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through flesh... God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So we're no longer slaves to the sin, which brings us to the one thing that I keep saying over and over and over again, relationship, relationship, relationship. You have to ask Jesus to show you these things. You must actually step outside of Jesus in order to sin. So that means that every time you step, you sin, you have to consciously leave Jesus' side. So sin is always a choice, and there's no two ways around it. You can never say that somebody else made you do it because you had to choose it. Your new life gives you the ability to make that choice because prior to your new life, all you could do was sin. Everything you did was sin. Blinking your eyes was sin. That was it. That, that was your life. Everything you did was tainted and corrupted and going towards death. Once you attained salvation, once you agreed with Jesus about your sin and joined him on the cross and sin was separated from your spirit and cast into Sheol and your spirit joined with Jesus... You now had the ability to choose what you wanted to do with your life. Are you going to walk with Jesus and remain in him so that you can love your neighbor as yourself? Or are you going to walk in sin and judgment against other people, thereby walking in judgment against yourself, cursing other people with your tongue, and living a life that is literally no different from anyone else in the world? These are critical choices that we have to make on a daily basis throughout the entire day. Not just once in the morning when you wake up, 
You don't just pray the serenity prayer and go about your day like nothing's different. You have to submit on a moment-by-moment basis to what Jesus is doing. And I'll tell you a quick story time. Yesterday, I had a customer who was, let's just say, obstinate. I had presented him with two options to help him make a choice that would better suit his project. He wasn't listening to what I was trying to tell him. He just assumed I was attempting to charge him twice for something and rip him off when all we were doing was quoting him some stuff. Now, my response to the situation was wrong. I got angry. I was trying to help him. I was trying to give him information that would help him with his project. And he was flat out rejecting my my help. And he was just talking over me and carrying on like I was some horrible, shady salesperson who was trying to rip him off. And that simply wasn't the case. But my response was still wrong because I got angry. And I'm telling you, that felt absolutely awful. And it felt awful for most of the day towards the end of the day. Ultimately, this guy didn't know he could trust me. He didn't know that my intent was for his good. I should have responded with, okay, just let you finish talking and then attempt to explain it to him or just let it go and let him have whatever he wanted because ultimately I'm not in control of him, but ultimately Jesus does love him. And when I took the time to ask Jesus about this guy later, I found out that realistically, this man was always afraid of somebody trying to take advantage of him. Now, that leads for a very long, bitter life because you will spend every minute of every day trying to make sure that no one's taking advantage of you and there is no trust there. Of the two of us, he was the one who loses out. I lost out in the short term, but I'm winning in the long term because I have chosen to surrender my anger, repent of the sin, and walk in righteousness. Now, the next time this guy calls up, I will have the understanding to be able to look at the situation and say, it's all right. I can respond correctly and I can love this guy where he's at. And hopefully he'll see through it and see that I'm trying to help him out. But we'll cross that bridge when we get there. And if that ever happens, I'll do an update on this podcast here. So with that said, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this message. Lord, we thank you for our time together, and we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have given us new life and a new lease on life, that you have brought us from death, and that we now have a choice to make. And apart from you, we would not have that choice. And we give you the praise for it, asking that you would allow these words to sink into the hearts of every person listening, that they would see how their new life functions, that they would take the time to ask you, and that they would see it in their hearts. And we give you the praise for all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.